0: It's the RU Review brought to you by Zebra Pen. Find Zen in your pen. I'm Steve Titchner with John McLeavy in our Westfield studio. And on the line from New Jersey Advanced Media, we have Keith Sarge. And Keith, thanks for joining us. Anytime, guys. Thank you for having me. Well, listen, I ended the show last week, Keith, just saying this. I mean, because, look, it's been a train wreck. Uh, it's really been stunning the way this season has gone. But I said... You know what? Give me a reason to stay in the second half. Give me a chance. Give give Rockers a chance in the fourth quarter. And you know what? I got it. And I I, I know we're tired of moral victories here, but it was progress. Am I right?
1: I agree. Um, I think that my biggest takeaway was uh, the quarterback play. I mean, we've been um, harping on, um, you know, it's almost turned into a week to week thing, whether or not, you know, Art Sikowski was going to be able to maintain the job. And I, the biggest takeaway, even though the numbers weren't pretty, you know, he, he just kept on, he took it, uh, looking and, and kept on ticking. He really just, um, you know, stayed in the pocket, kept on getting back up. Protection was terrible, made some plays. Would have really been interesting to see if he would actually, if Rutgers makes a stop there with, with, with three minutes to go in the game, if, uh, if he got the ball back, because, uh, I would like to see them in a two minute drill, but, that was probably the biggest takeaway: just the the, the fact that Art Sikowski, I think, uh, grew up in a big way.
0: And there was a Bo Melton sighting as well. I mean, it looks like the receiver stepped up a bit.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know that was one of those things that I I'm kind of surprised. And I don't want to go back too far back from the spring, but we saw Bo Melton, and we saw Kameen Jones, um, and you know maybe even a Hunter Hayek. Those guys really play well during the spring and, and you know into summer camp and. Um, it was kind of a mystery to a lot of people why why they ha- weren't more productive. Um, you know, Bo Melton and Shameen Jones are, are two guys that really are going to need to stretch the field, especially in the second half for, for Rutgers to be successful. I think we got a glimpse of it in, against Indiana.
0: But I'll say this, and it seems to me that John McNulty is a— is, is he a little too pass-happy? I mean, it, it seems to me that he's a little stubborn in that area. I mean, I don't think there's enough commitment to the run considering the personnel and considering the issues. He just keeps going. He, he, he wants to see Art get back there and, and pass
1: downfield. Yeah, I, I think the biggest issue is I, I, I think the uh, run blocking hasn't been great. I don't think it's been, you know, nearly what, what he thought it was going to be. Um, and that's just a little surprising to me, especially since the competition um, you know, we're talking Kansas, we're talking Buffalo, those types of games where you kind of figure that it, Rutgers would have an advantage, and you know, up front. And I think that's probably the biggest thing. Uh, and when I say the run blocking, you know, you've seen some glimpses of Raheem's last year. Um, you know, once he gets into space, doing some big things. Uh, Jonathan Hillman, uh, it's almost been uncanny in short yardage situations. You give him the ball, and he's going to pick up a first down or you know, uh, down in their goal line, he, he you know he gets in, but for the most part, I think they're averaging uh, you know around three yards uh, per carry. I don't think that's nearly productive enough to his liking.
2: Keith, as we know, collegiate sports. Uh, recruiting is your lifeblood, and when you're not recruiting, you're not moving the ball forward, uh, pun intended. I took a look at one of your latest articles where you really took a, a deep dive into Rutgers football recruiting over the last number of years and how the numbers, I mean, it's staggering, At the the gentlemen that they brought in and how many are still left in the program. Take us through how long, first of all, it took you to put this together, and secondly, how are things going right now at uh, with the way the team is playing now, how are they being received in living rooms and kitchens all around the country?
1: Yeah, I'll just give you the uh, impetus for why I wrote it. I, I think Chris Ash, during a uh, press conference, um, you know, uh, cited those numbers, and I was curious, as, as, as much as anyone. I've been covering records for a long time. I'm not going to mention coaches, but sure. I've, I've dealt with a lot of coaches who have cited numbers, right. and you know, they just don't don't turn out to be true. So, uh, you know, to answer your question, John, like I, figured I, I figured I go through the uh, recruiting, um, you know, websites and to look exactly how many of those players from the uh, 2014 and 2015 recruiting classes were still in in the program, and it, it was it was remarkable. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and when when you're talking about the uh, lack of, you know, uh, the, the number of players who are no longer uh, in the program from those recruiting classes. We're talking about depth. We're talking about 5th year seniors. We're talking about you know, you know, juniors and 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 seniors who, you know, if they weren't starting, they'd be adding depth and they'd be playing on special teams. You look at the the big-time programs, you know, in the, in, in in the Big Ten, where, where you know Michigan State, the perennial, uh, you know, strong uh, programs, Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin. Those programs are phenomenal. At keeping their their their, their you know uh, juniors and, and seniors and you know retention you know is, is a big reason why those programs are perennially you know eight you know eight nine ten wins per per, per year uh, to have any success Rutgers is going to have to do that. Chris Ash has told me that many many times that retention is a big thing. Um, not all his fault. I mean. It, Mind you, he came in. He didn't. He wanted a culture change, but he also didn't, you know, force anyone out, so to speak, like we've seen other coaches do. It just so happened that some of these guys, whether it was, uh, you know, they graduated early or they, they opted to transfer, um, there were a lot of reasons why why uh, those, those players are no longer part of the program. But it's, you know, bottom line is it's a major reason why the lack of depth that we see on defense, especially, and you know, in special teams. The a major reason why records are struggling in that area.
2: Yeah, and you know, it, it's not talking, these guys don't all have to be five-star recruits that we're talking about. You mentioned depth. Yeah. I mean, just older guys that can take these young kids under the wing and teach them what it's like to be a, a college athlete and, and show them how it is uh, to work hard and practice all the time. When those guys aren't there, a lot of this falls on young kids, and some of them just aren't ready right now.
1: I'll give you a great example, a kid uh, by the name of uh, Muhammad Wainwright and and, uh, James Cratch of, uh, you know, NJ.com did a great story on him. Uh, Transferred from from Georgetown. Georgetown's obviously a, uh, you know, lower-level FCS program. Mm -hmm. You know, and he's adding depth. You know, he's playing, you know, a key role as a, you know, a backup uh, defensive lineman and uh, playing some special teams. You know he's not going to be an all Big Ten player, but he he has a role. And those are the types of guys where, like you said, we're not talking, you know, four or five star recruits. But you know these guys develop, you know, within you know three, four, or five years, then they become something where 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 they're grown men. They're grown men who who are able to uh, you know you can count on 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 Saturday. They don't have enough of those guys. If you look at their roster, they're 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 just leaning on relying on too many. You know, for, uh, registered freshman, registered so- sophomore, and that's just not not a recipe for success
0: at this point. You're listening to the RU Review, sponsored by Zebra Pen. We're talking to Keith Sargent from New Jersey advanced Media, and Keith, we'll get on to the Illinois game, but I'd like to t- bring up a couple points on the Indiana game. First of all, the, uh, the fourth uh, the fourth down run uh, by Ramsey, where it looked like he might have been stopped. I mean, when, when I was looking at it at the game. It looked like the it looked like the ball did not cross the line. What what was your take on that?
1: I thought it did. I thought you know, and it, again, it was. I think they called it uh, on the field, so they didn't overturn it. I don't think it was you know conclusive enough. Um, I thought he did. I thought, and okay. it, you know, once you once you cross it, then then yeah, the the play is dead. Yeah. So the, I thought I, I thought both of those reviews. Um, you know, I, they were very, very close, but I think mm-hmm. the rest got, got both of them right.
0: Well, obviously the fans thought it different, but uh, what, what else were <laughs> yeah. they going to think? It, it was that close. And then also the um, the offsides on the fourth uh, fourth down, you know, I'm told that it was very possible it could have been drawn. Uh, what would you, What was your take on that as well? I mean, yeah, that's just I mean, a dumb mistake. I was mistake
1: down or, or, on the field. Mm-hmm. I was down on the field, believe it or not, so I didn't have a great view. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched the replay, and I don't... Know if you know, and what we're talking about with being drawn, we're talking about the guy in motion. If he moves forward, he's supposed to move or run run parallel with the line. But if he moves forward in in any way, then you know, then technically that would be you know a uh, false start. Um, and that, and I didn't think he did. Um, again, I didn't get a, a definitive replay of it. Um, Chris Ash uh, dismissed the question after the game said, you know as. Basically, it was two guys who actually uh, jumped. It was uh, Tabertoff and, uh, and uh, the defensive tackle. So um, it was one of those, you know, not uh, John Badicky. It was one of those situations where, you know, at that point in the game, you're taught, and they, they, I've seen them work on those types type of situations. You just can't do it. Um, it was a little funny because, you know, the Indiana quarterback after the game, Talked about, yeah, we were trying to draw them off sides and you know, and I was as surprised as anyone. And then the Indiana coach said, "No, they weren't. They actually were running a play, mm-hmm. and he was confident in his players to pick up that 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 one yard, and they were going to, to try to win it." So between the quarterback and the and the coach, they were both, yeah, I think yeah. they contradicted themselves a little yeah. bit.
0: And that was the game essentially, right there. It really was mm-hmm.
2: you know, getting back to recruiting a bit, it had to be a little strange to see Stevie Scott uh you know have some good moments. he also had a fumble later in the game, but he was a Rutgers recruit who decommitted a kid from staten island who who showed some size. I thought he ran really hard all day long. You could see why Rutgers uh, really recruited him hard.
1: And they recruited him as a linebacker um, you know at, at least according to the uh, recruiting uh, the people who actually cover recruiting um. Again, when when, when you see that sometimes, you know, I think they're just trying to get him on campus and they say, well, I projected the linebacker, but we see often that that they uh, change positions rather quickly. But no, I agree. I think, you know, he he just looks the part. I think, you know, he looks like a big time back.
2: He did. A big, strong. I mean, he ran through tackles at 16-yard touchdown run. He just ran right through people.
0: So let's turn to Illinois, Keith. And, um, you know, when we talk about pro- progression or regression, I mean, here's the game, right? First of all, and we say this every week it, it's a must win. I re- they really, I mean, to stay out of the bottom of the Big Ten, I think it's, it, it, considering how this season has gone, it's pretty important. They won last year in Champaign uh, decisively. And so if you're looking at uh, what's going on with this program right now, you can look at right at this game. I mean, because it, it appears that Illinois, is, you know, look, they, they've, uh, um, they've, 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 Right at the ship, uh, to, uh, so to speak, I mean, they have a decent offense, uh, pretty good running game, it looks like, but again, their defense doesn't look like much. They don't have much in the passing game. so there's not uh there's not a lot there that Rutgers can't figure out here at home. This should be a win. I know you picked them to win, and it's real, I think it's an important game.
1: I agree. and uh, you know, it's just funny, it's just two programs that are, are both in their you know two coaches that are both in the you know, their their third year, both inherited a mess um the one thing I, I, I do find interesting with illinois is last year they played um i think 11 or 12 true freshmen um, most of their depth chart were underclassmen i think they went through it a year ago i think now some of those guys are a little bit more experienced if you look at you know up up and down their, their, their roster they have guys who have um played you know double digit uh games so they do, believe it or not, actually probably have a little bit more experience in Rutgers. Um, but again, this is a type of game. You're at home. Um, you
0: know, you have to
1: win this game. Um, it'd be very disappointing if they didn't. Like you said, they, they, they you know they won a year ago in Champaign, Illinois. Did win the you know game two years ago at, you know, at Rutgers. So you know, in, in some ways, this is a rubber match. But for Rutgers to, to to do anything, we've talked about this many many times. I mean, they they, they need to to win their non conference games. They need to uh, you know, win, you know, one or two of their crossover games against the Big Ten West. And then you know that's the the formula to get to five, six, seven wins you know yep. in a given season. Yep. no one's expecting them to beat Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan at you know at this point in their you know in their development. But yeah, it's not too much to ask to, to to beat Illinois.
2: You know, Illinois two and two right now. They did have a, a double digit fourth quarter lead on South Florida down in South Florida. Wound up losing that game, so they're not pushovers per se on the road. Uh, another interesting thing this week will be uh, a battle of the freshman quarterbacks between Sitkowski and MJ Rivers from Illinois. I know they're really high on him, so we could see a lot of uh, balls being thrown to the other shirts, per se. You know, with these young quarterbacks, they they tend to lock in on a receiver earlier in their careers uh, and throw a bunch of picks, but uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, the two young signal callers.
1: Yeah, and, and they're totally different styles, too, right? Because uh, is obviously a pro-style guy, and, and, and Rivers is more of a uh, dual threat. They run, they do a lot of RPOs run pass options that, uh, you know, and we've seen this now almost like, you know, three, four five weeks in a row where, where, you know, these uh, quarterbacks, Indiana, especially they, they, they get to the line and then they have the, you know, the option to, to, to uh, change it. Um, you know, they are, you're right. They are high on this kid. Um, I don't know if he has, I, I you know, I, I shouldn't say that. I, I went into the year thinking that, Rutgers had, had more talent, you know, especially in skill position. hasn't really materialized. We saw some glimpses with Melton and, and Jones and you know certainly Black here, the guy who who played really well against Illinois last year. He's had some you know glimpses of, of you know really good football this season. But you know, you just have to think that, that Rutgers is gonna have to be at least even, you know, in you know, up front and then maybe have, have some better skill position guys this week.
0: Well, Keith, they ran the ball down Illinois' throat last year. Um, it was a coming-out party for Raheem Blackshear. Uh, it seems to me, and again, this is where I go back to McNulty being very pass happy. It seems to me they've got the they've got the running backs to do it again and again, a, again. A vulnerable Illinois defense, so I would think they'd be able to run again this week. Uh, what's your thoughts on that?
1: I would think so too. Uh, you have to keep in mind, and, and you know, people have talked about like, and, and I have too, like the Purdue game. Illinois game, um, even in Maryland games to a lesser extent. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I know there was you know Maryland scored some points in that game, but the, the formula to success, the, the the way they won those games was the defense you know really fueled, and Chris Ash you know kind of knew going in that you know his defense was was, was going to be able to, to play winning football. Um, so they managed the clock. Jerry Kill was very very good in that area, being able to manage mm-hmm. the clock and play complementary football. I don't know if they have the defense uh, this year, to be honest with you, Steve. Yeah. I, at least I haven't seen it. Um, and so, Illinois can run; Illinois. It. they've
0: shown that they can run the ball. I yeah. you know they got some a couple guys. Uh, yeah. You know. Yep. So. Uh, I, but, uh,
1: mm-hmm. I just don't know. I don't know if uh, Rutgers had that same formula. It'll be interesting to see. I agree with you. If, if Rutgers can, can set that with the tempo and and establish a run, um, not ask uh, they to to. Uh, to uh, you know, do too much. We, we've talked about this before, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Mike Peel in 2006, his numbers weren't flashy, but he played winning football. Right. Uh, Tom Savage in 2009, numbers weren't flashy, didn't turn the ball over, played winning football. That's what they're asking uh, Art Stokowski to, to do. They're not asking him to throw 300 yards. You know, a good line for Art Stokowski at this point would be, um, you know, a 55% completion percentage, uh, no turnovers, and 150 to, 100, to 200 yards. That would be a really good day for Arsikowski. Um In order to do that, they need to run the ball, and you know, in order to do that, they actually need to uh, play winning defense.
2: What kind of a crowd are you expecting on Saturday? I think the weather is supposed to be nice, you know, a nice fall Saturday. Um, what do you think? Do you think the numbers are going to continue to dwindle? Because, uh, you know, you look at some of those wide shots of the field, and it's, you know, bordering on embarrassing now that no one is actually going so what does your uh, gut tell you right now
1: yeah I mean I've, I've done some stories on it um, I'm not trying to be a doomsayer but um, basically I think there was you know the, they went into the year with 22,000 uh, season tickets sold um, and they weren't expecting too many more than that that was about on par with, or with previous seasons but then I also got the numbers for you know actually uh, you know the turnstile number so to speak you know, mm. ticket scan numbers, whatever you want to call it. But, right. uh, you know, a year ago, they had three games where they had uh, 20,000 in change. So less than 21,000, three games a year ago. I have not seen the numbers yet this year, but um, I think we've seen it with our own eyes. I mean, you know, we can guesstimate that, you know, it's been either at 20,000 or a little bit below. Certainly, especially, week seemed to be uh you know, left in Michigan State, you know, a year ago, Michigan State was twenty thousand and change. So to answer your question, um, with a one in four team with Illinois, you know, not a, you know, not a sexy opponent that, you know, gonna you know get people to come out. Um I I'm not optimistic for it. Um the whole well it's a beautiful fall day, um it's it's insurance. You know, I I I look at um you know, you always something to do. There's, you know, almost every town in, in in the state it seems like has a, you know, a fall, you know, um, um, something. You know, sure. and, and, you know, yeah. I, I, I know where I live in Monmouth County. You know, two or three towns. You know, my town and a couple of neighboring towns. They all have, you know, things to do. Um, so just because it's sort of a nice seventy-day, seventy-degree day and beautiful, doesn't necessarily mean rustic fans are going to come out. Um, yeah, I'm not optimistic uh, for for a big turnout.
0: Yeah, and you know, Keith, we know they've got a win to draw. There's too much going on, just as you alluded to. But it's you know, what's interesting in the Big Ten. There's also other schools that have this problem. And the last two weeks, Indiana, you see that you're there. You see the crowds they get. Yep. Illinois, who shows up yep. there? So they've yep. got the well, same issues it's, too. It's,
1: yeah, I mean, it's hard to cut you off. Uh, it's Ohio State, Penn State. Uh, you know, Nebraska. You know, sold out every game since 1961. But um, yeah, it's just and, and, and you know, and it, especially in Nebraska, that's what they do. I mean, that's the, they 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 plan for those six or seven you know fall Saturdays, and that's what they do. And they they've been planning for it for you know. They grow up in that culture. We don't we don't have that type of culture in New Jersey. I don't know if we ever will, to be honest with you, but we certainly don't have it now. We look at the atmosphere for Penn State um, the other night. You know, mm-hmm. and, and the white out and yeah, you know, unbelievable and I, finish it, to that, it was huh? Incredible. Oh. I mean, I I, I I be honest with you, I almost committed to penlive.com uh, oh. you know, our 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 sister website. I was, I was that just you know, amazing, it. It two. Was Just such a, you know an amazing atmosphere. Yeah, but two um, seasons in yeah, a row. And in order to have that, I think you yeah. you almost need to have those marquee games, those Louisville type games. Yeah. You know, two thousand six. I don't. You know, I think Rutgers is a long way from that, but. You know, in order to have you know that Nebraska tradition, I just think that you need to to almost ingrain it, and and it yeah. needs to develop over time. But Rutgers, traditionally, I'm telling you guys, I mean, I I, I know they had that 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 nice uh, run from 2005, you know, 2006 until you know 2010, 2011, where they were drawing you know upper four, you know, lower low to, to mid 40s. Um, you know, traditionally they're a twenty-five to thirty thousand mm-hmm. uh, fan base. That's what they are yeah. traditionally. So when yeah. you have a season where you're where you're one and four, you're gonna you're gonna see those numbers drop.
0: Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting to see what happens for the Penn State Michigan games this year. I think they'll still they'll still fill the house to pretty close. I mean, both both schools obviously travel well. Penn State will be very interesting. But, but again, with the Penn State
1: fans well, yeah. and, and records officials, to be honest with you, Steve, I mean, they, they are already bracing for, for the idea that, you know, it's going to be, be a Penn State of, I mean, home game yeah. in the secondary market.
0: Yeah, yeah that'll, um, and yeah, that'll be the reality be there. Penn State fans. I yeah. think so. And which, which brings up the other point, Keith, is that that's, that's the other factor. It's, you know, wins and losses too, but then people not coming out, fans not coming out to the game. I mean, that's going to put a little more pressure on Ash, as we know, do you, um, do you like the way Pat Hobbs has handled things? I mean, basically, he's kept he's kept his mouth shut.
1: Yeah, I, I, I do. Um, I, I, I again, I, I, just go back to, uh, I know what he inherited, and uh, we have to always uh, remember that, you know, Rutgers is still on NCAA probation. Um, mm-hmm. and I know it's one of those things that they, they, they weren't, you know, they didn't cost him scholarships, but just the whole stigma of being, on you know, NCAA pro- probation. They're on it for another year. Um. The cupboard wasn't full by any means, and has his recruiting been great in the first couple of years? Two thousand sixteen, you almost have to throw out because he, you know, he arrived in December. Been really, that wasn't really technically his recruiting class. So he's had two recruiting classes. We've seen some players develop. We've, you know, we've seen some players. Maybe not, you know, live up to their building so far, but mm-hmm. you, we're not going to know how those recruiting classes pan out for for another couple of years. Pat Hobbs has been pretty consistent in saying that, you know, he wants, you know, Chris Ash to have four or five, or, or five rec- full recruiting classes. That would take him through the, the duration of his contract. Um, I think that's fair. Um, and I know, again, I know it's a different environment than it was many, many years ago, but we always have to remember, Greg Graciano didn't get it done until 2005. I mean, they, you know, mm-hmm. in, in year three, they went five and seven year four. You know, They had a you know, little bit of a step, uh, step back, but really things didn't turn around until year five, similar situation. Um, mm-hmm. you see some of these other programs like Colorado and, and Duke. some of these other programs that have had, you know, similar success. They don't get it done until four year, four year five. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I mean, I, 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 I do think that Pat Hobbs is going to be patient with Chris Ash. Um, but you're right. I mean, I think fan apathy or, or turnout is going to have somewhat of an effect. But you also have to remember, I mean, it, you know, under the last couple of years under Kyle Flood, you know, the turnout wasn't great either. So no. I don't think there's a the magic see. wand. I, you yeah. know, I, I don't know if the Rutgers fan base is suddenly going to come out in droves if they, if they hired Nick Saban, well, to be honest with you. Well,
2: you know, it's true. You, you mentioned we've gone from pandemonium in Piscataway to apathy in Piscataway. But, you know... <laughs> Basically, we're not expecting them to go out and beat Penn State and go out and beat Michigan and go out and beat Ohio State. But, you know, baby steps. Can we see some baby steps? And, and can we take care of Illinois at home? I mean, that should not be too much to ask for. You know, this is... No. We're talking like yeah. this is such a heavy lift here. I mean, it's Illinois in your own home field, and you're one in four. You've lost four straight. Let's get it done, fellas.
1: Yeah, and I think you're right, Sean, because, you know, when you, when you think of... Um, where, why they're at, why you know, why the fan base is up in arms, and you know, we see it um, is because of those two games, Kansas and Buffalo. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and it goes back to the, uh, the the idea that you know, people have almost said, okay, well, Rutgers is not going to win those games against the Big Ten, uh, right. East, the cream of the crop, but there's not too much to ask to, to beat Kansas. Yeah, and they came back to earth. And then if you lose to them, yeah. you know, look, and things happen. You know, I mean, you know, everyone has a good day, but you can't lose 55 to 14. You can't lose 42 to 13 at home. Right. Those are, are unacceptable results. That, but Keith, you know, Keith, any fan base uh, yeah. has a has right to be kicked well, off right
0: now. We tried to take comfort in the fact that maybe Kansas is a little better, and then they go to bail or they score one yeah. touchdown, and then wait a minute, we think Buffalo's going to win the MAC, run away <laughs> with the MAC, and they get smoked by Army. So, yeah. wow. So, we're looking at teams that are really. You know, not as good as we thought they were, and they and we got trounced. Rutgers got trounced by them, man. Just, <laughs>
1: um, it's just a tough one to swallow, right? It's it's difficult, and and again, you know, these are the types of games where it's one thing to to lose, you know, a late field goal, something happens, something wacky happens, someone gets hurt, you know, those th- those things you can you can stomach, but you know, to, to actually non competitive. You know, I hear from Rutgers fans all the time. Just don't yep. have let, let let me go to work on Monday and have it again and have you know, over by the water cooler, everyone making fun of me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me be able to to right. hold my head up and and, and, right. and, and yeah, you know, have some pride in, in you know in this program. And you know, <laughs> you know, for the most part, you know they 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 just. That's not what what this football program has given the fan base at this but, point.
0: But this much is clear, Keith. If uh, you know Ash loses this week, Rutgers loses this week. If they have a one and eleven season, it's not like he's he he's going to have his time. He's going to get his time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I yeah, it, it could could something un- unforeseeable happen. Uh, I guess um, I would you know put percentages on it. Um, less than five percent that you know anything happens. I mean, you know, it just yeah the, so it's the one thing to keep in mind like you said you know the attendance is, is, is you know is going to dwindle uh they'll get a slight uptick but it, you know not in the way that they want for michigan or penn state and mm-hmm. those games in november could be really ugly i mean we're talking you know 50 you know five nothing 60 nothing or whatever if those games are really that bad uh then maybe you know it causes you know some panic but yeah. You know, at this point, where we're at right now, first week of November, I, uh, first week of October, I just yeah. Well, here's know, the re- I, I think the odds are very, yeah. very, very slim.
0: Here's the reality. I mean, for look, the Kansas coach, the Buffalo coach, I mean, they were really gentlemen. I mean, they could have actually scored more. Both teams uh, in in the second half, and uh, you know, Franklin and Harbaugh, they're gonna they'll they'll step on the throat. Uh, you know, they're they'll probably run it up. Would you think that be the case?
1: I would. Um they I mean Harbaugh didn't last uh, last year obviously. And mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, you know, as bad as, as seventy eight to nothing was, you know, a few years ago, you know, Harbaugh was doing everything he could <laughs> to not score, you know, with with like eight minutes yeah. to go in the you know, in, in a fourth quarter. He would wow. not yeah, try it and, was you not know, trying Chris Ash even you know, conceded that, like, they were okay. not running up that score. Yeah. They, they, they were that far. So look, maybe they wouldn't, the maybe, maybe,
0: maybe they wouldn't, maybe they wouldn't feel a need to do that. Yeah. i
1: would say Franklin has a history of it.
0: Yeah. But
1: again, mm. I, you know, I, 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 I go back to, you know, when, when you're against a big 10 program um, I don't, think that, that, that they'll do it, but you never know i mean you know penn state Michigan both of those programs could be uh, playing for you know for high rankings at that point so I, you know I, maybe a, you know a you know, a big fifty point blowout would would
2: help that cause. I tell you this is gonna put uh this is gonna put a lot if they continue to get start get whacked down the stretch here, it's gonna put a lot of pressure on Steve Peichel because he better have his guys get them off to a fast start, you know, preseason wise and uh, you know, early on because there's really not gonna be much going on that's good uh down in Piscataway unless he can get his troops uh, on, I'll give you.
1: I'll give you some great inside baseball. John is. is okay. Uh, so far, you know, we're, we're first week of October, right? And they they had their first uh, um, practice, and uh, the media relations, uh, you know, opened it up, and and you know they had a pretty good turnout media wise. And then they had another media availability this past week. So you know, it was the running joke among among the people who. who you know, cover records on daily basis as well. You know, the football program's uh, doing so poorly right now, they might as well give, you know, the media something positive to write about. And (laughs) what's more positive than, than, you know, the basketball program which seems to be on on an upswing. Um, I don't want to, I mean, I think uh, to to expect records to really turn the corner this year might be a little unrealistic and we'll get it all into that. You know, you know, as, as October progresses yeah, into November when the season begins. But yeah, I think that the talent, you know, in the program is much improved. It might be a year away from from really turning the corner, but. I think they're going to be a lot more fun than they've been in the last couple of years.
0: Oh, I think so too. I mean, the big question, obviously, is what kind of basketball team are going to are they going to be without Corey Sanders? I mean, that's really what you what we're going to look for this season. And and uh,
1: and uh, there are two schools of thought on that. Uh, Steve, uh, Steve is, is one. Well, you know, you look at the Big Ten tournament, and you know, he was obviously you know the the the, the straw that stirred to drink and was able to. Really carry the team, but then you look at some of the games like during the regular season, and you know he 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 would shoot thirty percent, and you know the the offense would be stagnant. They wouldn't you know they wouldn't be able to uh, you know get a a get a good shot until there's five seconds on the shot clock. And some of those Mm -hmm. games that they lost, some of the non-conference games especially, you can almost pinpoint the reason why. You can almost say, well, Corey Sanders was the big reason why they lost those games. The feeling inside the program, I'll be honest Mm -hmm. with you, is while they might not have that ability to to spring an upset like that because Corey Sanders goes off and scores 30 points, Mm -hmm. but they feel like they're going to have more of a balanced offense. Yeah, it could be a better team. Not lose those games, those head scratchers that they've lost in the last couple of years.
0: Better team basketball, and I'm excited about Gio Baker. I think he could be a, a, a leader for a team. So. Uh, a lot I of agree. potential there. It's interesting how we segued into basketball because <laughs> we're tired of this That's football That's me. I'm we're so sorry. Right. No, we're tired hockey. of talking. Mean,
1: field hockey team's yeah, right. That's great.
0: We, we're tired of talking about this uh, this football team. Oh, well, let's see boy. what happens uh, this week in Illinois. It's certainly a winnable game. We all agree with that. And, uh, Keith, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, always uh, thrilled to have you on. And we'd like to uh, catch up to you later in the season if we could. Anytime, guys. Appreciate great. it. Thanks, Keith. And that's Keith Sargent from New Jersey Advanced Media. And yeah, man, the Rutgers, uh, I think this is a, a very important game for them. I know I say it every week, but again, from the progression-regression conversation, where are they? And yeah, obviously they've regressed from last year, but this is a team they beat in, in Illinois. And now they have them home, and they're underdogs, two-point underdogs, at home to Illinois. Wow.
2: That's sad. And, you know, this yeah. would be, for me, as an alum – uh, like yourself, I, I did not go to Rutgers, but if I were, this is what you'd call a show-me game. I'm sick of hearing, yeah, but we were in the fourth quarter, and we were really close. Uh, hey, we're tired of that. I know. We only lost by seven. Yeah, show me. Look, you know, you are got yeah, to be annoyed. John, you're sick of hearing it all around campus and reading about it, and everybody telling you you're awful, and you're the laughingstock of the Big Ten. Take it out on Illinois.
0: Yeah, well, John, listen, they were awful awful against kansas awful against buffalo they were the semblance of a football team against indiana now yeah the it's about wins and losses and they lost but i mean at that point look i was there in the fourth quarter uh they had a chance it definitely was progress and um we got to see it get it done
2: this week get and it done enough off. enough is enough because the rest of the Simple schedule is going to be ugly yeah uh, you, you, you are you right. ain't got no alibi <laughs> oh,
0: you are right And that'll do it for this week's RU Review, brought to you by Zebra Pen. Find Zen in your pen. We'd like to thank Keith Sargent from New Jersey Advanced Media for joining us this week. Check us out on moresportsnow.com. We'll be back next week with plenty more Rutgers football. Bye-bye.